Uh, hello, everyone, and welcome to You Me Them, everybody. My name is Brandon Weatherby. For the people listening at home, please make some semblance of noise so they know that I'm not alone. There we go. Not alone is important. It's the holiday season, which means we all have to buy gifts for people that we like and or don't like. I like people. I like people a lot. I really do. I like people a lot. I like giving people books quite often. I like reading rock and roll biographies. I've read probably 30,000 pages on Nirvana. That's a band that existed at one point that no longer seems to matter. And that's okay. Things can't matter forever. But every once in a while, bands and or artists, they last. They last much longer than you want them to. This season's... Everyone is so quiet and respectful, so thank you for this. This is a TED Talk. So uh, this season's hot... Hot book that everyone wants to read, this is not a joke, is Flea's Autobiography. Is that correct, Chris? Yeah. That's correct. Flea's Autobiography. Now, you might remember Flea as an animated character on the hit television show The Simpsons. Now, you may remember Flea as the original basis for the Mars Volta. The Mars Volta was the band after At the Drive-In. Do you remember At the Drive-In? Fantastic. That guy twirled microphones a lot. So you might remember Flea as the bassist that played bass, he played the national anthem, before Kobe Bryant's last game as a Los Angeles Laker. Now, if you're ever bored and you want to smile at night, just put in YouTube, Flea, Kobe Bryant's last game as a Laker, and you can hear a three-minute bass rendition of the national anthem. Now, I know Mark is a huge Flea fan, but a lot of people know Flea as the bassist for the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Now, the Red Hot Chili Peppers are a bad band. Now, when I say that they're a bad band, I mean they make bad music. And when I say they make bad music, I mean specifically the lyrics are very bad. Anthony Kiedis wrote a very, very popular book called Scar Tissue. Now, uh, for those that aren't familiar with how uh, books work, this is how it starts. He makes the reader think he's about to do heroin in the first few pages of Scar Tissue, a book by Anthony Kiedis. It's a swerve. He's not doing heroin. He's getting shot up with clean stuff and clean needles because he no longer does heroin. That's the premise of Scar Tissue by Anthony Kiedis. Now, not a big fan of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and it made me realize, why am I not a huge fan of the Red Hot Chili Peppers? I've seen the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I, I have a very specific memory of seeing the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I saw the Red Hot Chili Peppers at one of those uh, giant uh, field festivals in 1999. I saw the Red Hot Chili Peppers before Californication was released, but they were touring Californication. So no one knew the songs and no one had a good time. The band that played right before them was incredibly popular. They're called The Offspring. Now, The Offspring are the most popular band from the 90s that has zero cultural influence in 2019. Look it up. No band has sold more records and you cannot hear an Offspring song on the radio unless it's by the Offspring. Anyways, moving on to the Red Hat Chili Peppers. So the Red Hat Chili Peppers in 1999, it reminded me that there were three girls that I very much wanted to kiss on the mouth. I was 17 at the time, maybe 16, I don't remember. I was a young man. I was a boy, in fact. I was not yet a man. And I wanted to kiss these three girls, not at the same time, separately. I wanted to kiss them separately because they all seemed like nice people. <laughs> that's, how I, that's how I judge relationships. They were, nice, they were nice girls, and they didn't like me. Now, one of them kissed me, and I don't remember her name, but don't clap for that. That's a weird thing. It was consensual, and she kissed me, and I kissed her, and it was like a three out of ten. So that's the, that was not a good relationship. I'm glad it happened. I learned a lot about myself. 
The, the thing I learned about myself is I didn't particularly like her. It didn't matter. There were two other girls, though, that I very much wanted to kiss at the same time at that Red Hot Chili Peppers show. And they didn't want to kiss me, and we were friends. Now, I do remember these women's names, and I will not reveal them because it's very easy to find out who everyone is thanks to social media. But I did not kiss them. And they all liked this one man. Now, I shouldn't say man because he was just the boy like me. He was a year older than me. And I'm not going to say his name because, once again, the social media thing exists. I don't want to give away anything. So let's just refer to him as Chad Smith. So they like Chad Smith a lot. And I don't understand why. Why did they like Chad Smith and not me? We were both straight white men in America. We're the same. There's not that much different. The, the big differences between Chad Smith and me is he was sort of sinewy, and I'm a thick motherfucker. I'm, a, I'm built like a tight end from the 1960s. Now, I mean that literally. I'm built like a 1960s NFL player, not current NFL player. Uh, thoughts and prayers to all of them. So I did not understand why they didn't want to kiss me, and I realized it. Last month, I read a feature about Flea's new book in the New York Times, a very good feature. Uh, spoiler alert, in the photo spread, he's shirtless. If you ever want to see a shirtless flea, go to NewYorkTimes.com. So what was the difference between me and Chad Smith? Chad Smith came from a two-parent household in an affluent suburb, and I didn't. I came from a one-parent household and moved four times in high school. Now, this is not like a pity me situation. I'm currently wearing a suit, and I'm married with a child. I don't give a fuck about any of these people. The point is, I finally figured out what it was. I was taking a Peloton class, as one does when you're of a certain age in a certain office, and seemingly, every single class I took for a month had a Red Hot Chili Pepper song. It made me think, like, why are they so fucking relevant? And what did Chad Smith have that I didn't? And I realized a month ago, all three of these women either made out with or gave a hand job or had sex with Chad Smith. And all three of these women, girls, all three of these girls said, Chad Smith had a huge dick. Now, I think they're fibbing. Here's why. They were also 16 and 17 years old. They don't know big dick from tiny dick. It's all a, the normal-sized white guy dick from the suburbs. It's a sinewy white man. How big could that dick be? Also, if you're that old, what are you going to do with a huge dick? Fuck, no one knows. It's a fucking optical illusion at a certain point. And then I realized he had access to prescription pills. That's why all three women liked him. Why did John Frusciante rejoin the Red Hot Chili Peppers in 1999? Anthony Kiedis had a, a, a way to get him prescription pills. That's what I didn't have. Now, why am I talking about this now in 2019? This band shouldn't matter. No one should give a fuck about the Red Hot Chili Peppers. But guess what? They fucking matter. This week, I got my first press releases because I have a cool job where I get press releases about music festivals. I got my first press release of the 2020 concert season. There's a giant field festival. Three days. Guess who the headliners are? Number one, Post Malone. That makes sense. People like bad music. Number two, Billie Eilish. She's great. She's Fiona Apple for this generation. Love her. And the Red Hat Chili Peppers. These motherfuckers are still current. Why? Drugs fucking work. Why do the Peloton instructors play the Red Hat Chili Peppers? They want to reminisce about the time they got high and listen to Under the Bridge. Also, that band is problematic because he says a lot of racist shit, but it's not actually racist because he says literally bing, bing, bong. That's a racist line. That's what this show is. It's me discovering why. It's 21 years after the fact why those three girls didn't like me. Now, 
I am living a better life than them, so I'm very happy that I'm doing this show. Will I ever have Anthony Kiedis money? No. Do I want to be Flea's friend? Yes. But it's not for musical reasons. I just love anyone that that's, that's passionate about one specific team, and that motherfucker loves the Lakers. So I would love to talk to him about 80s Showtime Lakers basketball versus 90s Bulls dominant era basketball. That's why I want to be friends with Flea. That's a tongue twister, and I didn't realize it when I wrote it down. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight's show is going to be very fun. It's the bing, bing, bong of comedy shows. Uh, coming to the stage is a wonderful co-host. She's the Jack Irons to my Chad Smith. One person understands that reference. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for Allison Lane, everybody. Allison, bring your shot and beer to the area that is a stage. I will maybe follow you up there. Thank you for taking as much time as possible. I really appreciate it. Allison, there's a microphone there for you. How are you? How was your day? I'm, I'm okay. You're okay. Fantastic. Thanks, Thanks so much. Okay, did, so did you like that low energy? Thank you. Thank you so much. So over the past few years, <laughs> yes, uh, sir. we've established that you're a straight white man. I am straight white man. And then Whew. before tonight's show began, you said something to me that was mind-blowing. I know. And like, I felt really bad because this is an important show. This is your 11th anniversary. Yeah, so important. Um, show you've been doing this forever. And I've known you for a very long time. And I feel like I didn't want it to be a lie, you know? Yes. I didn't want it to feel like disingenuous. Sure. But I feel like perhaps maybe I'm not a white man. No, whoa. I know. This is fucked up. I just like for the past, what, how many years have I been doing this show with you? Like six years? Yeah. I just thought we were two bros with dicks hanging out. As one does. Red Hot yeah. Chili Peppers. I get it. <laughs> Rock out bing, with bing, caca. bong, bong. You know. Yeah, you get it. Fucking racism. We That's fucking right. love that shit. We love it's it. Great. It's awesome. It works for us. Really quick aside, if you ever want to have another smile in your life, uh, put in YouTube Anthony Kiedis rapping a cappella about dolphins in the ocean. That's a thing that you could find on the internet. Wow, you have a weird time. I have um, a great so time. So, you're no, so you told me a lie for six years, is I, what you're saying. I don't know if it's a lie. I, let's, let's, let's look at it this way. Like, remember when Sammy Sosa was black? Yes. So, like that. Thank you so much for bringing this to Chicago sports references so I could understand. <laughs> Once again, if you want to have a good time, Google Sammy Sosa now. Was black. No, I didn't mean to do that. Mm, Just no, do no, now. No, 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 no. Okay, so Sammy Sosa is clearly uh, dying his skin, and it's very depressing. Mm, yes, something like that. Are you dying your skin? <laughs> I don't know yet. I okay. don't know what's happening. I don't Why know. do you but think? But I think I'm like the opposite. Perhaps like I was lighter skinned. I don't know like what's happening. I got shorter. I got. Um, <laughs> How did you get shorter? I got less supremacist. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> you got less supremacist. <laughs> All right. So what Let happened? Let me just say. So here's what happened. Donald Trump was elected president. Once again, that's uh, the first time I said that like, white man's name. A great I didn't even WWE associate him as, like, Hall of Famer. Friend. <clears throat> this is, times have changed. Yes. First of all, number one, less obvious. I'm just tired all the time. Yeah, straight white men, not tired. Not tired. Nope. Get all the energy. That's right. And there's no amount of drugs I can do to, to, to you know, take off this, the, the weight of being tired from oppression. Um, That's tough. So that was the first uh, Do we have a top ten list? I, that was that was number one. Number two. Number two. <laughs> Let's go through the list. Let me uh, let We're me just get through it. Um, is that how you describe life now? Let me just get through let it. Let me just that just should be that should be number two in the list. Let's just, let me just get through it. Yeah, that's not. There's a like a fun thing that's happening on Twitter right now. It's like fun things you say during sex and like through life. Yes. Let's let's just get through it. Oh, that sounds horrible. That's depressing. All right, number two, <laughs> or is that number two? I get paid less. 
Yes, you do. See, these are the obvious things. You get paid less. I get paid less than um, people who are less um, qualified than I am. Correct. Um, everything, everybody thinks I'm mad constantly. And you're not mad constantly. I have many emotions. Now, I thought it was just being a cool bro, so we just <laughs> high five. So I always thought you see, were happy. See, we're bros that see each other. So, like, maybe, you know, we're doing that mirror thing where, we're like, you're just seeing a bro oh, yeah. doing bro shit. Yeah. But everybody else is like, why are you mad? I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, whatever. So that's, like, one of the less obvious things. Um, so number four on that list, one, being tired. Yes. This is now number four. I have lips. You have lips. And Listen. you don't think straight white men have lips? <laughs> you, you couldn't even say that right, so no. <laughs> Just because I'm covering my lips with facial hair is a choice. It doesn't mean I it's don't have lips. It's a choice. I don't it's have a lips. You're you don't have correct. lips. Where are your lips at? I have mouth you openings. Have, you have no idea. I have mouth openings. You have mouth and teeth. That's right. Uh, so there's uh, that happened. Number now, five. So the less obvious things, and um, this is um, this is where it gets a little hairy. Uh, everything I do is truly fascinating to white people. Oh. They're like, oh my god. Did you put a shirt on today? Is oh my god, you're wearing a shirt. Now I want to And I have a couple of theories about this. I'm excited to hear them. I'm not. Okay. So like here's the thing. I I wonder sometimes white people I, I guess you're not around people who are not white. No, which I is, which is probably where this I went wrong in the first place in my reverse Sammy Sosa situation. Yes. I grew up in a very um very white. Do you refer to your right situation as a reverse Sammy Sosa <laughs> situation? I was like, should I call it a reverse Sammy Sosa? Or like reverse, uh, what was Rachel Dolezal calling herself? I'm not doing trans, that one. Um, I'm not touching that. She was that. like, she was like transracial sure. or some shit. I don't know. Anyway, some bullshit. So like, I feel like, I'm like, is that what's happening right now? Like, perhaps like they just like didn't know like people wore shirts because you know, most of the white people I grew up around, they're from, like, you know, white, rich families that were doing a lot of work in Africa where children did not have shirts and had AIDS. So we are like, oh, my God, you're wearing a shirt. That's amazing. <laughs> that doesn't happen. Now, uh, clearly, we've established <laughs> that my favorite band is oh my God, Chili you Peppers. Read. They don't wear shirts either. So this is also mind-blowing to me. Yes, this is amazing. This is amazing. On the I cover like how that you went all the way down to the bottom. You're like, oh my god. On the cover, those of drug addicts weren't wearing shirts. On the cover of Scar Tissue, <laughs> Anthony Kiedis does not have a shirt on. He doesn't. He's also not white. Anyway. What? So um. <laughs> ding ding dong dong ding ding dong dong ding ding. Not racist. Um. You know, so it's just like little things. You're like, oh my god, I'm so fascinated by you doing like. Because you put a shirt on. My things. Oh my god. Oh my God, you're you're wearing a shirt. Oh my God, you have hair, which leads to the next thing. Why do black, white, white people think that black people can't grow hair, specifically black women? Yes, I add things to my hair because I can. You want to know why? Because I have a job and I have money. But you don't get paid as much money as the white guy. I don't. Let's who also add shit to his hair by a whole ass surgery. Like, what kind of shit is that? Uh, whose whose life is that? Professional surgery. What the fuck. What do they have? Health insurance? <laughs> the fuck out of here. Um, do you think the Red Hot Chili Peppers are insured? I hope so. I do too. Needle drugs work. I was just going to dang dong again. Like Thank I, didn't, you. I didn't know what else to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, mostly other white men yes. assume that every day that I'm around is my first day on earth. Oh. So everything is new and fascinating and. 
I just didn't, I was not aware of it. Like, how did I get into this place where they, other white men, yes. who are obviously intellectuals, for no other reason than they are white men that graduated public high school in a suburb. Yes. They are of a higher intellectual authority. You know, those guys that definitely wrote, you know, the, the essay paper on why you should smoke weed in high school. Now, are you referencing, once again, the Red Hat Chili Peppers? Did they smoke weed in high school? I, yes. I uh, don't know them. I don't, now, I if you read Scar before. Tissue, you would answer <laughs> the answer. Yes, they did. It's just like, I'm not dumb. I, pro I might present dumb. This might even sound dumb right now, and that's fucking fine. But perhaps, and I don't know, the weight of oppression and, like, you know, living in yes. a shitty society has just dulled me so much. This is the best that I can do. This is where my vocabulary goes. I'm not not thinking. I just don't have time to tell you much further than this. So that's what I'm thinking. I don't know. I, d I don't know what to tell people. I'm not dumb way, people. I'm just tired, which was point number one, and now we're at seven. I'm able to keep track of time and space. Number seven. Number seven. Coming in hot. Mm, mm, where, where would I go at? Oh, this is a long list. I, it is a very long list. I wrote a lot of things because I started <laughs> cracking myself up. At some point, I wrote, um, and I'm not a dum dum. Where are my disassociative intellectuals at? Woot woot. Now, are you saying woot woot because you're part of the family? Because we love the family. We do love the family. We do here. love the family. Uh, they're having a great time. Um, number eight or number seven? Eight, number eight. Let's go for it. So. No matter where I'm at. Yes. No matter what I'm wearing. Yes. I'm always the help. Oh. <sighs> Yikes. I've, I don't know if I should chime in on these or I, no. You probably can't because apparently I'm not a white man, so I don't know what the fuck to tell you. Um, where is the bathroom, nigger? Where is... Um, a move? <laughs> I, I love Haywood so much for this <laughs> because everybody else is either very uncomfortable or very confused. They're like, oh my God, do these things really happen? Absolutely, every day. And they've been for some reason amplified yeah. uh, since uh, y'all's president, the wrestler man. The WWE yeah, Hall yeah, of yeah, Famer, Donald has, Trump. Has uh, decided to, to president. Um, I'm the help everywhere I go. I can go into Target in a ball gown, which is a ridiculous outfit but somebody will still ask me where the Tupperware is, and I don't know why. Have you tried... Is there something about me that's like, please, please help me? Number one, was it a red dress in Target? Number no, two... I'm just saying. You can ask all the things. Make it make sense, but it ain't gonna make sense. Why are you asking me questions? I don't know you. Sometimes I shop places. <laughs> but the thing is, is like, I'm not in service to you. I understand. If I'm at the hot bar at Whole Foods, which is very expensive, I can't tell you what kind of meat to buy. That's not my thing. I'm not a part of that. Did someone ask you what meat to buy? People ask me stupid shit at Whole Foods all the time. Like, I'm at work. I'm like, I am wearing gym clothes. I came from the expensive gym next door. I am not working. I don't know what's going on. I don't know you. I'm not working. I'm not in service to you. Which brings me to point number nine, and it should have been point number one, motherfucking slavery. Are you serious? America? I don't know where to chime in on that one. You, you can't. You're right. Maybe you can. I don't know. What your ancestors doing? Everybody's dead. Maybe. I don't know. Like, what the fuck? Number 10. <laughs> I am not your soothsayer. I am not. I don't know. I'm not an oracle. Yes. I don't know all the things. I'm not just at home with my cauldron 
and my black mind just sitting around thinking of how I can fucking service you motherfuckers and know the future. I don't know. I'm not fucking, uh, what's that motherfucker and driving Miss Daisy? I'm not fucking, uh, Morgan that Freeman? old nigga. Yeah, I'm not him. I'm not going to, like, tell you the future and, like, how to, like, get shit around. I don't know. I don't know. I can't fix that for you. That's not my job. Okay? I understand. Apparently, white people have never dealt with any of this. The thousands of white people that are in this room are silent and confused. <laughs> <laughs> They're stressed out. They're like, oh, my God. Is this your every day? Actually, yes. Every single one of those things happened to me today. Can you imagine? Do you want to leave your house now? I did. I even changed my outfit and drank water. Now, how did you put on that shirt? I'm very confused. Carefully. Call back. <laughs> so it turns out I'm not, I'm probably not a white man. I think this is a good thing for me to recognize as we go into this next decade. Yes. Um, I think it's going to bring a lot of great opportunities for me. Good. Now, are you sure for this slavery. isn't just <laughs> you asking me to buy you a Sammy Sosa jersey? Who, where does he work? Uh, I think the Dominican Republic. Job? Not really, no. Mm, it's very sad. That sucks. Yeah. Drugs work. Oh, he's on drugs? That's, yes, that's how he oh, hit the home awesome. runs. That's why his head got big and then small. I, I, I thought that's how the pigment changed. Nope. Happened. I don't know. His yeah, life. drugs work. So basically, the point is, is I, um, I didn't lie to you. I didn't know, but like... Thank you for goodness, not lying. Making America great again is apparently, apparently me finding out I'm just not a white man. Well, that's some of the most disappointing news I've heard all year. Uh, <laughs> that? That's that your most disappointing news? Some of the most Good for you. Wow, are you Wade? Yes. Party. Yeah. Party. Well. Can we get any sadder? What's up? Let's bring it sadder. I'm trying to think of a good way I to transition to, like to our first guest, but uh, <laughs> I don't think we could top that. So thank you. You're so welcome. I should have definitely brought everyone Sammy Sosa jerseys. You should have. I G tried to actually put that to um, Jimmy Buffett's Cheeseburger in Paradise, but it's like, it did not work. I think that would have been great. It was weird. Uh, it wasn't great. Not a lot of people know Jimmy Buffett's white. Is he? He is. No fucking way. Curveball. Speaking of music, coming to the stage. <laughs> Chris Richards is here. Chris Richards, please come to the stage. If you're willing, please Woo! put your hands together for Chris. Chris, you did this show a long time ago. Thank you so much. You write about music for a local zine. What's the name of the local zine you write for? It's very small. Well, this is, uh, you don't mean it as a trick question, but I do publish my own zine yeah, these I know. days. But the main day job is at the Washington Post. You, write, you write about uh, music for the Washington Post. I do. Some would call it a dream job. It is. That's good. That's a good answer. Yeah. Uh, before you did that, you would have what a lot of other people would consider a dream job, which you were in a touring band, and you were in a super respectable label, and you are a super respectable uh, booking agent, uh, not booking agent. Book, you were working Flower, right? No, uh, f the Flower booking yeah. booked us. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, yeah. Mm -hmm. I used to intern there when you were one of the bands. Oh, really? That's how I, yeah, that's wow. weird. Uh, it was a horrible time. So you oh, you had a dream job, but you were in a touring band, but now you're older, because that's how time works. Yep. Do you have any desire to do what you did in your mid to early 20s now that you're 40? Um, which is being in a touring band. Sometimes I will be... Um, nostalgic for it. Actually, do you want me to try and tie in all of the conversations you guys have had so Absolutely. far? Absolutely. Uh, Good ta luck. You talking about scar tissue reminded me of my band being on tour when that book arrived, and we each took a turn reading it <laughs> on tour, and when you read it, you had to sit in the very back bench, which then for that tour was known as the Ketis Hole. 
Fuck yeah. <laughs> and you would, so and sometimes like we'd stop at the gas station to get gas and they'd be like, Hey, do you want to come in for a snack or are you just gonna stay here and enjoy your time in the Kitas hole? Because this book was a page turner. Did you giggle the entire time you read that book? Well, we had a very complex um, love hate relationship with the Red Hot Chili Peppers with a lot of love in it. Okay, um, here's the thing musically, if, so if you take away the vocals, one of the best bands of all time. They're incredibly, yes, I agree with you completely. But yeah. the problem is, yeah. you can't take away the vocals, because that's not how music works. Yeah, it's true. They are not an instrumental band featuring John Frusciante's solo material. One thing that I encourage everyone to do is seek out the very first John Frusciante solo record. How to Make Water for 10 Days? No, it's called Neandra Gallus and just a t-shirt, I think it's is called. Is that the one he did between Blood Sugar and Californication when he was solo? Well, like he, before, when he was not in the band? It was made while he was... While they were making Blood Sugar, and then it came out after it was, in, he was on drugs. In yes, a very, he was very on the most way. heroin possible. It's an incredibly intense record. Yes. And once you hear it, then when you hear all of the Ramalama Ding Dong on the radio, you will still hear like. Now, Allison just looked at you. He means Bing Bing Bong. Oh, oh yeah. Make sure. I'm sorry. I want to clarify. It's very confused. I guess I meant, yeah. <laughs> he's, it's very, yeah, I guess I should, yabba dabba do. It's all, you know, yeah. his, what, so anyway. When you hear those songs, though, and in the Peloton class or where have you, you will now hear like the sinister energy of California, because you are fluent in the John Frusciante thing. Want my other connection? Please. I cannot. You own slaves? No, I cannot. Okay. No, I don't. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, uh, Talk but, about the UK post-rock band Slaves. There's also a California band. I know. There's well. two. Right, Guess what, Allison? How exciting! I know. They're and straight white men. They all had white both bands. Yes, it's true. <laughs> um, you were saying that. People can't relate to it. And I thought, yeah, you're absolutely right. I went through zero of those things today or this week or this month. And then ever, and the only thing that I can compare to is that um, I attended the Broccoli City Music Festival oh. a couple years ago. And in a crowd of thousands upon thousands of people, I was the only white person around. And it was awesome. But every single person asked me where to use the, where the bathroom was. Oh, that's you so, obviously were the help. Yeah. How so was that for the first because, time? Because I couldn't have been there. <laughs> first and only. First and only. First time you're like, oh my god. Yeah, because clearly you're not here because you're interested in this music. You yeah. Know? So um, uh, it was. Um, I'm sure it was exciting. Yeah. It was like being at an amusement park. <laughs> oh my god, where's the bathroom? Right. So I can't even. <laughs> be, yeah. So the things you were saying, I was like, I can't imagine, and even the one little. I refuse to imagine them because I read Scar Tissue by Anthony Kiedis <laughs> and he didn't mention that once. And if it's not in the Bible, it didn't exist. That's true. Speaking yeah. of the Bible, yes. you no longer like Kanye the same way I no longer like Kanye. Mm -hmm. You no longer like Kanye because Maybe. you think that he's no longer uh, questioning self. Is that fair? Um, there's so many conflicted feelings about where I'm at with Kanye West and his music these days. But the recent pivot toward... Religious music to me feels. Does it feel disingenuous? Yeah, if, in it, opportunistic and insincere. And what? How do you prove that? I don't know. I can't say whether or not. I can't pretend to know what his relationship to higher powers is. Oh my goodness. Um, so objective. Because I'm just I'm ready to hate immediately. Yeah. So like you're just <laughs> like it's so full of shit. Like obviously the way to go like to keep getting money is go the Jim Jones route. Yeah. Well, there's this amazing. Yeah. Now, are, you, are you sure you're not con confusing him with Jesus Jones? I, uh, it's a <laughs> shitty music reference. I apologize. Nope. <laughs> there's like a um, crazy sort of thing about. All right. Anyway, sorry. I, re I read this really great piece about it, where it's like all these gospel musicians that he's collaborating are showing up with like a whole lifetime of preparation, yeah. and he's showing up with zero preparation. And then some people might want to frame his lack of preparation as like improvisational 
music. This is the improvisational moment. And he's just bringing his like chaotic, reckless Kanye energy that we love to that. But the argument that this writer was making was that um, uh, improvisation is not just like winging it. it of is, course. It's like, it's like a lifetime of like getting ready. And then you're getting ready is what launches you into the present. I'm sure you um, saw this, this but uh, this weekend Kanye is staging his second opera in like three weeks, four weeks. Right. That's very difficult and hard to fathom as being uh, truly uh, time spent well and actually making something great. And it sounded like it was a mess from all yeah. accounts. Have you, does anybody here watch any of these live streams? He like live streams everything. Yeah? He are they are they are they engaging? They're a mess. They're yeah. You're shaking your head in the back like it's it's a it's a bummer. Thumbs down. Yeah. Thumbs down. Erratic. Yeah. He was my favorite artist of the last decade until Yay. Right. Until Yay. And the reason why has nothing to do with the MAGA stuff. Clearly, I'm a huge fan of the WWE and I'm a huge fan of the WWE Hall of Fame. So I would never go against <laughs> MAGA hats. But in in Yay, he said on the press tour that he he doesn't need to take his uh, prescription drugs anymore, even though he's. Uh, Clinically uh, listed as bipolar. Clinically listed. He was, he's bipolar, and that's fine. So there's nothing wrong with being bipolar. But there's a problem with saying, I don't need to take my drugs. No one needs to take their drugs, even though uh, people say you should take your drugs for sanity's sake. And then the Nas record that came out in that uh, group of like six weeks where he uh, has an anti-vaxxer song. That's when I was off Team Kanye. That yeah. being said. Wait, anti-vaxxer? There's an anti-vaxxer song. I didn't make it worse. Stop it. On the, on the Nas album. And that's a real, I like the production on that record. I think the album that he released the week before is like the best record of 2018. The T-Pain one. Is that Poopity Scoop? Oh, wow. That's not Poopity Scoop. Okay. His was Poopity Scoop, oh. which I like. I have no problem with Poopity Scoop. That's a fun track. It's, <laughs> it's, the, it's the denying things that are clearly good and save lives. To me, the the most dangerous celebrity of the last 20 years is Jenny McCarthy. Uh, the anti-vaxxer stuff that she does has led to thousands of deaths of children. That's in, like that's unimpeachably bad. Kanye has more power than Jenny McCarthy. I just laughed at dead children. I'm so sorry. Good for you, not for uh, me. So <laughs> that's that's where I was off. But you, it's your job to not be off Team Kanye. You kind of have to follow all this shit. No, I mean, no, not that's not true. Okay. Um, I, I want to follow it because it's interesting, and I don't. I also just don't believe like m music criticism today isn't about like is it good or is it bad. It isn't this sort of like polarized thumbs up thumbs down thing that it maybe once was or that we thought it once was. I think it's about trying to communicate what the experience of engaging the moment feels like, and you're also doing it in a way that you want to present your experience for other people to compare their experiences to. I don't believe in criticism as like people who live in towers making pronouncements about the state of the world or like gatekeepers or even like um, consumer guides. You know what I mean? Like all those roles are kind of obsolete. I think it's really cool to approach music criticism as, you know, simply like the way you would talk about it at a party or in a bar sure. and then trying to get that, you know, and then see how your experience rubs up against other people. You've you know? had this job the entire time YouTube and Spotify existed. 40 years ago, those things didn't exist. So those gatekeepers were kind of important because they were highlighting right. acts that otherwise would never be heard. Sure. So... Is that good or bad? Is it good that there's now... You wrote about YouTube. About how that's how mm -hmm. kids find out about music. Mm -hmm. But everything in YouTube is suggested. So it's still not like, oh, these guys live down the block from you. You should hear them. It's more like this is super popular, like this other super popular thing. The algorithm is not necessarily good for music. Yeah. Part of the way I try to think about this is like maybe these, we shouldn't think about whether it's good or bad or it's better than it used to be or worse than it used to be because it is how it is. you know. And it's like how can we... 
get the most out of the, the current situation or resist it if we find it to be troublesome or uh, divert our attention elsewhere. There's a huge debate on Twitter the past couple of days about Spotify because Spotify released their little... Um, what you've listened to this yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. Thing. It's like your little report card of, of, yeah. how, you, of how you've done. <laughs> um, how you're, and then we perform our listening for others so eagerly on social media. We want to tell everyone, look, you know, I listened to more Gucci Man songs than you did. Um, did you get you a know, Spotify report card? I, d I did not get it or apply for it. I don't want to know. And also, too, it's just like the things that I've listened to a lot doesn't mean they're the things that you, for me, that I like the most. I listen to a lot of music that I dislike to try and figure it out. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, Whoops. I'd, I'd be much more interested in your list than well, pretty let's much ta Let's else. talk after the show. Maybe we can look <laughs> it up and see what, see what my Spotify listening habits are. But, um, I mean, in terms of, like, the powers that be, like, with, with YouTube, for instance, it, it, to me, I, I like it because it doesn't think of itself as a, as a music streaming service. They're clearly trying to, like, replace television. And it's just sort of an accident that it's like. Here's why I like Spotify the more. Stream. There are fewer kids getting turned into white supremacists on Spotify. 100%. Uh, that's a very good. Fewer. Reason. That is a very not none. Fewer. That is a very good point to make for sure. Um, now but come back at that. I can't. I can't. I can't. I don't have an answer to that. But I do think that all of these platforms have pluses and minuses, and I think it's great to be talking about them constantly. It's important to not. Let the pluses erase the minuses and vice versa. So much of like how we in, uh, think about what is good now is just about what's convenient. And I think that is starting to come into question a little bit more because we're realizing that our convenience is going to not serve us the best in the long term, if that makes any sense. Like this idea that um, instant access is the most important thing. Well, here's a, 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 sorry, a tangential example that I like to use. Think about like telephone service from the 80s. Remember in the 1980s, if anybody was alive back then and you were a child like I was, there were commercials for long distance services and it was about like the sound quality is so good. Like for Sprint, you can hear a pin drop, yeah. you know? And that was like what they were selling, you know, uh, the long distance telephone company. The sound quality was the thing. As soon as cellular technology comes along and we can like travel with our phones, Sound quality doesn't matter anymore. It's all about, can you hear me now? Look at this map. Here's where you have coverage, you know? The, the phone industry pivoted completely and sold a completely different product. You know, they changed their values overnight on this digital technology front. For me, I wonder if, like, with the streaming world, right now it's like, convenience, convenience, you have it all. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, if it becomes to a point where, like, we find ourselves hemmed in by that or feel constricted by that or we're not getting an enriching experience, I always kind of have faith that the pendulum can swing back, or there can be a counterculture that engages in a different place than these mainstream platforms. Uh, I think this is a fine point to actually talk about what I wanted to talk about from the start that I completely got away from, and that's nostalgia. Yeah. Um, I think I'm the, on the same side of John Hodgman where I think it's the biggest uh, problem when it comes to, uh, save for white power music, when it comes to uh, all culture, when it comes to film and television, but especially music. and. There's a reason the Red Hot Chili Peppers are still played in Peloton classes, and they haven't had a relevant album in like two since 2003. Since John Frusciante, John Frusciante's shit is really good. By the I way, has that like meth is cool right now. So of course, like Red Hot Chili Peppers are amazing. Yeah, like, Breaking drugs, Bad. Drugs are cool. This had a like, fucking follow-up movie. Everyone loves El Camino. It's right. been consensus. So I don't know that movie. You have to deal with nostalgia on a daily basis. Yeah. we all do. Right, but. It's interesting to me to see what is actually impactful. For, so for example, I didn't realize how important Third Eye Blind was to people of a certain age until things like Peloton and until seeing 
certain tours and like they're playing theaters they're playing the anthem they're selling 6,000 seats like they shouldn't be able to fill the fucking fill more this doesn't make any sense to me I kind of understand the Red Hot Chili Peppers they had so much radio player for like 20 plus years the offspring uh, like I've talked about before not at all relevant no but uh, third eye blind who sold a half of as many records are that's not really the point the point is this how do you approach nostalgia when you're writing about music? Yeah, well, we have memory, and it is what makes our life meaningful. Like, we can't forget what happened to us or what we've experienced. So pretending that the past doesn't matter is foolish, as much as, like, I want to think of myself as a futurist and, like, super engaged in the present, and I'm always waiting for what's next. Obviously, like, what has already happened is forming who we are as human beings. Um, the thing about nostalgia, the word itself, it's about... It mean, the meaning of it is it's a pain that you feel, like a longing pain for the past. And it's like, okay, can we have an engagement with history that doesn't hurt, that doesn't feel like an emotional longing, like this current world sucks? And it does. And that's a part of the reason that the nostalgia grip is so powerful. And you see all, I think, that you see all of these, you know, um, Hollywood uh, franchises just reanimated and recycled so do you over think and over that again. If once the present is so brutal. Once people, a different administration takes over in the U.S., once we're less nationalistic across the world, things will be less nostalgic? To some degree, I hope so. I mean, I think it's really weird how the Make America Great Again ideology works in both directions. If you want to return to, like, a fucked, racist, bullshit America on the right, you can return, have that. Return, girl, when? Well, you know, you know, you know right. <laughs> Sorry. Exactly. Yes, thank you. <laughs> thank you for that. Um, and if you're on, and if you're on the left, and you know, and this, and this new world is is shocking to you, or you know, you're, for the first time, you know, you're waking up to how horrible it is for a lot of people in this country. You know, the idea of returning to your childhood and seeing a TV commercial with ET in it is is really comforting. So, I do wonder if if we will start to shed it a little bit. But the thing about it to me is really always interesting when you talk to someone who isn't necessarily like a music freak and they're just, they like music, but they're, it's not the center of their life. If you ask them like when music was best, no matter what, they'll say, oh, it was 1987. And you'll say, what year did you graduate high school? 1987. Yeah, yeah. There's this idea of like the music that was playing when your life felt the most possible, that's when things were the best. The best year for music is always the current year because you still get all the old shit too. It's not like that's the, a great it's point. all, yeah. it's not deleted. Right. I'm referencing Matt Hardy's deletion storyline in TNA. Do you fan of wrestling? I, I don't know this. So you don't care about politics. And that's how people <laughs> from the WWE become <laughs> Hall of Famers slash presidents. So um, I like what you do a lot. Let's finish with the Washington Post features that you guys did. I think it was a series of like six weeks or something like that. It was like super important people of the last 10 years. And you got to do the Lana Del Rey feature. What, when you travel for pieces, you got to go to L.A. Right. And, and, the, the, and Jeff paid for that trip. He did. What do you think when you're in the hotel? What do I think when I'm in the hotel? Yeah, when you're in the hotel and Jeff's foot in the bill, are, are you just like, <laughs> dude, it fucking worked out? Or do you be like, they're going to catch on one day that I'm writing about music and they shouldn't pay me? Yeah. I have a zine for a reason. Shh, like, what are you thinking about? <laughs> you know me too well. This is wild. When you're doing this. Um, well, here's the thing that's stupid about me is when I go on these trips, I try to make them as cheap as possible for my bosses so they'll send me on more of them. So I stay like in lousy Airbnbs and I like rent a pickup truck instead of a regular car because it's cheaper. Although this time it worked out awesomely because they're like, we're out of pickup trucks. Can we give you this Mustang at the same pickup truck price? Bam, I was rolling in the Mustang all around California for four days. It was so cool. That's a nice little enterprise rent-a-car trick that you all can use. Book the pickup truck, and their pickup truck ain't going to be there when you arrive, and they give you the sports car. Um, but 
in terms of like the guilt that or not the guilt. I, I didn't guilt say guilt at all. Child? Apparently, you feel guilty. Well, you said that I am in the hotel and I'm well, afraid that they're going to figure out about. that I know I don't care. What am I thinking about? I mean, honestly, I'm preparing for the interview. Profiles for me are really hard to do. You have one hour with this person and you have to try and get to some place. You where only had one you. hour with Lana Del Rey. That's almost standard for my but business. But with this for Lana Del Rey, you only yeah. had one hour. Yeah. Why I, the fuck I thought, were you I thought there? You, I thought you were going to say you had a whole hour. Sometimes no. it's like why were you there for four days? Because I saw her concert at the Hollywood Bowl, then they kept postponing the interview, and I had to like change Got my it. flight and stay longer. So it, it should it wouldn't have been that long if they were reasonable. It people. would have been three days. It would because yeah, well, I guess yes, if, sure. I asked How if I did could, Jeff afford that? <laughs> <laughs> He's strapped for cash. Because I went shopping at Whole Foods <laughs> earlier in the day. It's a, basically like a feudalism system. My wife and I realized like whenever we buy anything on Amazon or go grocery shopping at Whole Foods, we realize we're putting money back into the company. It's you fucked. just realized that? Well, not no, we didn't just realize it, but. We realized it Don't you publish a zine? Food not bombs, motherfucker. Yeah. I'm a pseudo-punk. It's clearly I'm adding myself here. It's just Here's the problem I have with all punk music. Uh, Ian, <laughs> Ian Mackay has a supportive father. Wait, what? Ian Mackay has a supportive father. Yeah, so it allows... Fuck off! <laughs> then you're not a real punk! No, he's... You gotta hate your dad! You gotta, you gotta Kirk Cobain that shit and kill yourself and hate your dad! That's why Star Wars Episode Seven was the best, because he killed his dad. I didn't have a father. <laughs> and that's why my musical choices are superior than people that have fathers. Did you have a two-parent household? I did. That's nice. Yeah, my dad was great, too. Good, so I'm glad. And that's probably proved, healthy, because yeah. now you have a kid, and you want to have those nice mm-hmm. memories. Yeah. I'm fucking winging it, bro. Yeah. I ain't got shit. Improvisational. It's good. This is like jazz more than punk. Don't ever say this is like jazz. <laughs> I worked for arguably one of the most important jazz musicians of our Sorry. modern era. I worked for Mike Reed for a lot Was of years. Was this jazz? This is ding, not ding, jazz. Ding, 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 ding. That's just fucking poetry. <laughs> Does this show have like bumper music between segments? Because <laughs> Underneath this is just, re- we on. isolate <laughs> Keita's vocal tracks Come and on. underneath the whole time is just a bed of him. <laughs> bing bing bong. Yeah. So here's the thing about you. You're uh you're positive about the future, but you're also realistic about the present. And that's very nice, and I think it's relatively rare when it comes to music criticism. But it seems Thank to you. be the only thing that's shared a lot in Rolling Stone. Not that I read Rolling Stone, but you know what I mean. Is like unless you're gonna like uh sucker performer's dick, it's not gonna get published. Everything with pitchfork since the buyout, since the counting ass buyout has been very, very boring. I think they peaked when they ran the jet review and it was just the gif of the monkey drinking his own piss. Ever since that, it's been downhill from there. <laughs> Fifteen years ago. There hasn't been really solid music criticism, and the fact that you get to do this for Jeff is really cool. Thank you. That's Thanks. all. Thanks very much. Uh, so let's plug that. Go to uh, the wa- WashingtonPost.com. Yes. What's the W A S H. What's the name? What's the name? If you're a Prime <laughs> member, you get a discount. If you're, uh, <laughs> what's the zine? My zine is called WC Ringtone. Issue five is coming out next week. Who's in it? Um, who's in it? Um, there's a translator named um, Colombina Zamponi who translated a poetry book by Francis Polange that I really love. There is an. Um, interview with Josh LaRue, who is a guitar player from Washington, D.C., who has since moved to Texas and made cool music. What other interviews are there? There's four, because I have to fact-check them all. Um, gee, I can't remember. You fact-check your zine? Well, I send people back the quotes they sent me, because the, the interviews are not formal. They're kind of like, I patch together like DMs. Do you know what a zine calls. is? 
Yeah, but I still feel the need That's to not a represent zine. people. Pro- no, no. It, yeah, accountability to the people you're talking to? Of course it is. Yeah, absolutely. Not in a zine culture, my friend. No. I think Where do you think this motherfucker came <laughs> up from? And that's why I'm still doing this. But don't you think people... Yeah, they, but the underground, I don't know. I feel like having... Fuck a, the underground. <laughs> Fuck the underground. I'm. Oh, last question. Sincere question. This is a sincere question. Yes. What are your thoughts on the nostalgia docs about DC Punk? Oh, that is a good question. Um, Thank you. There's a lot of them. And yes, there is. And a lot of redundancy. And I think without, and I think it's great. All history and record keeping is good, but this city has a really, really deep musical history that it goes way outside of punk and hardcore. And I hope that now that the glut of these films has been made, people will begin to focus, filmmakers will begin to focus their attention on many, many other styles. I'm just like, it's, this is thoughts. funny. No, because I, I didn't even think about mentioning the DC punk scene and you being who you are. And people. I haven't posted on Instagram yet, but people are out to freak the fuck out that I'm sitting on stage with you. Really? Like yeah, who? dude. Like people. Name names. <laughs> name white men names. So just like DC hi. punk scenes are like, oh my god, you was a Chris. And here's why. Like, here's why like, the DC the punk scene isn't as but good like, as any like, scene. Go ahead. I don't know. It's just it's, it's gonna be an, in, an interesting conversation to have. Cause I'm like, yo, I'm just chilling on stage with my bros. <laughs> <laughs> having a podcast. Just three white guys. Uh, three white you. dudes having a chitty yeah. chat. Yeah. A kiki, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> I think DC punk scene is perfectly fine. It's no better or worse than the Baltimore, Philadelphia, Cleveland, other small town punk scene. It's just that here, people have succeeded after they were no longer playing in the bands, and there's this nostalgia trap that right. we're making. We're talking like Fugazi made amazing music that no one could ever make again. When the fucking side projects from those bands now are way better than the things that everyone loves and remembers. That's a bold take that I don't know if I agree with, but I'm here to hear. When it. is the last time you put on Minor Threat and was like, "This is good music"? I mean, sorry, you're talking to the wrong guy. A lot. It's like the Beatles to me, or something. That shit is. You know really what formative. the Beatles did? Made music that you could sing to your child. Ian McKay saying about not being cool to fucking drink. And don't call me son because I don't know my dad. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Give me Nirvana every day, man. My friend. My buddy. I don't know. I I have a a child who's about to be two years old, and Minor Threat goes over pretty okay. So does Nirvana. So does Big problems because we just, my kid and I, shots nonstop. So get that noise (laughs) out of here. I prefer the evens to Minor Threat every day of the week. Wow, that's awesome. That's yeah. so cool. He's better as an older man writing thoughtful songs. That's really cool. What a controversial statement that people get better when they get older sometimes. I'm totally down with that. I think that's awesome. That's yeah, really cool. I'm, I'm gonna, awesome. I like this conversation because it makes me go listen again and hear anew. So thank you. My favorite side project is uh, uh, it was a one-off from like 2015, and they had like one vinyl, and that was it. And they played the Millennium Stage like once. They played, yeah, they didn't do a lot. That's my favorite of that output. I, the actual core of it isn't good. It's actually bad. Now, say Fugazi is a bad band, and then we'll call in the interview. They're, the Washington they're like, Post. No, they're like my. They're like, they're like my favorite group of all time. Maybe. Fugazi. Fugazi or Outkast? It's pretty close. Wow. Those are your two. Your two. Yeah. And you think wow, like they're the neck and neck? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Name one. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> respectfully, okay. I agree with one of those two. <laughs> guess which one? I'm going to guess it's the outcast. But I hey. wouldn't say that, but, hey. but you're correct. 
Thank you for taking time to spend with Thank us. Thank you guys this for evening. having me. I really appreciate it. To and I completely y'all. understand what it's like to leave your house when you have bigger priorities at home. So thank you. I'm oh. going to shake your hand now. Your code is dope. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Richards, everybody. Thank Chris, you thank you so much. Thank you all for being here. Peace. Coming to the stage is a very, fir- very funny person. Kate, come up here. Kate, she does a show here that includes uh, brunch and includes ha-has. Uh, there was something very problematic about the last show you did here. Kate, how are you? I'm so good. How are you guys? I'm moderate to okay. Which is the same, the same thing twice. Perfect. Moderate. Why are you a funny person? Oh, man. Prove your worth. Go. Well, first of all, I wasn't born with a chin. Touche. <laughs> oh. What are your thoughts on Jay and Mavis Leno? Next question. Go. Do you think Jay Leno and Mavis Leno have a healthy love life? Her name's Mavis, no. Why? Why are you so namist <sighs> against Mavis, Honest the wife of Jay Leno? <laughs> Honest to God. He actually, you know what? If we're going to talk about Jay Leno, he has too much chin. He has what should have been half of my chin. So you think that Jay Leno's hogging chins? Honest? Controversial probably. statement yeah. from Kate. He, he came to Ireland. He took all the chins. <laughs> and that's why my people are a soft-chinned, moon-faced group. Now, you're Irish. <laughs> How's that working out? Uh, no skin cancer yet, so killing it. Uh Fun choice of words. <laughs> I did that, and that was a fun, cute little twist. Uh, why'd you dye your hair? You're 30. What's going on? Well, to be fair, it was pink at 29. Hey. So I was easing into it. And then I turned 30, and I was like, this one's called Sea Witch. Let's do it. Now, are you a witch? Now, we've established that Allison is not a witch. Not today. Kate, so are you a witch? Um, in, like, the Sabrina Spellman sense? No. Okay. In the, like, weird Wiccans on Tumblr way? Maybe. Okay, now what is a weird Wiccan on Tumblr way, which? Honestly, I think it just means that you post a lot of GIFs with filters on them. Ooh. And you have a lot of nature pics that you didn't take, but you stole from someone else's Instagram. Are you a fan of nature? Um, in theory, yes. Cool, but not in reality. Honest to God, I'm we're sorry. out there too long. And it's Do you have crystals? I Do you sunbathe <laughs> your crystals? Or moon bathe them, or whatever bathing your crystals needs. Are your crystals bathed? Honest to God. So I know I look like someone that should own crystals, and I don't. Oh. But you look at me, and you're like, this bitch spends a lot of money on crystals. (laughs) (laughs) What are you wearing around your neck? Okay, to be fair. (laughs) For the listener at home, it's a crystal. I, oh, you got me there. Um... What are you wearing on your belt? Oh, Not your belt itself. Oh. <laughs> what is this? Oh, this is my work badge if you want to go fuck up a WeWork later. Which WeWork? The Wonder Bread Factory. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, that's the yeah. good one. I used to work there. I know. How do you know that? You told me on the last marathon I don't podcast. remember things. <laughs> this is episode 557. You think this is fucking special? This is like Fugazi. We catalog all of our episodes and release them for free. And we should have charged more than $5 or else we wouldn't have to fucking do this shit. This feels like getting screamed at every guy that I've ever hooked up How with. Exciting. <laughs> He's like, How exciting. You think you're memorable? <laughs> How is WeWork? How's WeWork? Oh, man. Turning over property like you would Yeah, believe. exactly. Also, uh, Has your rent gone down? No. Oh. There's a, there's a war right now between the men's room and the women's room because one of the soap dispensers got broken. And so my coworker took the broken one and put it in the women's room and took 
the women's one and put that in. Oh my God, you guys have so many problems. Yeah, well then I went, I now work late so I can switch back the soap dispensers. There are multiple individual stalls. Why not just use those? No, because those those don't need the individual with How a working so pump poor? the way the dual action. But I would hundred percent. I would only use the individual stalls because then I could hide up from work for like hours at a time. Okay, <laughs> you hide in the bathroom at work. Yeah, hell yeah. Everyone has that thought, Brandon, but only two people can hide at a time. There are two floors. There are four individual bathrooms. If you think I'm walking downstairs? Okay, Got here's why you're wrong. Coming. That's where they keep the Pac-Man machine. Downstairs, you dumb motherfucker. There's a Pac-Man machine? There's a Pac-Man machine down there. No, they got rid of it. No, they didn't. No, Brandon, I they did. I will fight you. Brandon, I got the badge. You want to go? Let's go now. <laughs> Fuck this. Podcast over. Um, Is this the Civil War? Are we going to be okay? I'm, I'm from Georgia. Probably not. <laughs> We're going to salt a lot of earth. Um... No, they remodeled WeWork. They remodeled it? Because we're out of money, so let's redecorate. This is the Civil War! What the fuck? Tell me more, Peloton! I want this to be retold in a laser show on Iraq one day. That's what they do in Georgia to remember the Civil War. Look it up. Stone Mountain! Why are you proud of this? I'm not, but it's all I got heritage-wise that isn't overtly offensive. How is that not overtly it's, offensive? Uh, it's the closest I have. But that is still overtly offensive. Not when you have the Chick-fil-A cows doing a reenactment. Chick-fil-A! Did you say Chick-fil-A okay. cast? The cows. Oh, the cows. They have a laser show where the cows reenact one of the scenes from High School Musical after they do the Civil War bit. Why are we doing this? Why aren't we just watching that? Is that a real thing? It is a real thing. The Stone Mountain Laser Show. (laughs) You fuck with Stone Mountain Laser Show? I'm from Georgia. There's nothing else. Stop with that. I'm with Georgia's shit. That's not an excuse. He won't even say Outcast is better than Fugazi, and he's not from Georgia. They are from Georgia. Atlanta is different. It's better. It is. Okay, great. Consensus. Okay, cool. We're in a party. Why didn't you move to Atlanta as a child? And now it's over. <laughs> well, so we were kind of ITP, but we started out OTP, which is a big thing. Because OTP is, we have a highway that just encircles Atlanta to keep the riffraff out. I understand. Yeah. Um, and so we started, because my parents were poor. Really quick, are you referring to Riff Raff, the hip-hop rapper that was the basis of a character in Spring Breakers? No, just like everyone in Georgia. You do want to keep him out, though. He I do want to keep him out, news. though. I want, I want him out, and I want... Um, Great tag. Thank you. <laughs> oh, you know what? I'll think of other Couldn't people. think of one bad person <laughs> in the history of the world. Just... You know what? You with this lay. attitude. You with this attitude. You this stay is out. not a new attitude. <laughs> ooh, 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 ooh. Jesus, it's a goddamn reference. Go ahead. All right. Well, also Margot Robbie, because I think she's too full of herself. Take it back. Nope. <laughs> Take it back right no. now. Nope. When is the last time you watched Titania? You know what? Let's go back to the laser show. <laughs> Apologize for your Margot Robbie comment. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're sorry? The, I'm, I'm sorry, Margot Robbie. Thank you. She's, a, she's an she's, avid, She's the number one listener. listener. You meet them and everybody. She's in that Fox News uh, glorified piece where they say it's cool to sexually harass her. Yeah, I think that's, that's right. the premise of the movie. I, I'm not sure. Kate McKinnon's in it, so I'll be there. You like Kate McKinnon? I love Kate McKinnon. Someone's got a type. Yes, uh, blonde and gay. 
Yeah. I enjoy that. Let's rank them. <laughs> number one, Kate McKinnon. McKinnon. Number two. Probably Brie Larson. Is she Brie Larson gay? She should be. Agreed. Number three. Oh, by the way, it's only okay for me to say that, a straight white man, what women should be gay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not you. You should apologize to Brie. Sorry, Brie. Thank no, you so much. No. You know what? Number no. three, <laughs> ranking all women that should be gay, according <laughs> to Kate. Number three. Oh, man. Um, or are gay. Taylor Swift. I think that'd be cool. Uh, they don't just, no, now, are no. you saying you this know because what? you're Georgian and racist? No, I'm saying that because you don't want to know what my Spotify unwrapped was. I think it was just Taylor Swift. It was just Taylor uh, Swift. Yeah. <laughs> and then a brief glimpse into um, the Crazy Ex-Girlfriend soundtrack. Oh. What, number four? Number four? We did a countdown. This oh, is exactly like How Allison's many countdowns list. are we doing? Because I didn't get to prepare my list. Clearly, you're not an improviser. No, I'm a stand-up, and I'm improvising. You're welcome. Apparently, you're now an old Jewish woman. <laughs> when I get nervous, that's Seems what happens. Seems like you're improvising right now, lady. Oh. <laughs> Number four. Number four. Um, oh, uh, Kristen Stewart. She is gay. <laughs> I cool. told you I like that. <laughs> so two of the four are actually gay. Two of the four are not. Okay, Number Breeze, five. Breeze the Habsies. There's no way she isn't a little. Captain Marvel. Is a havesies is the word you just used? 100%. <laughs> Great. Just wanted to <laughs> clarify the language on that. Number five. I'm by, I can say havesies. I understand. It's fine, it's fine when I, I do it. I understand. If you say it, it's offensive. That's why I didn't say it. Good. I'm just making sure you understand. Number the five, the no. woman who goes to Storm, Stone Mountain, Georgia laser shows without shame, who's proud of her heritage. Number five. Oh, fuck. Um... Her name is Elizabeth, and I forgot her last name, but she directed the Charlie's Angels remake. Elizabeth Banks? Yes. Yeah. She's not yeah. gay? She's not gay. No. no. No way. Real shame, though, right? She's, she's got gay vibes. She made Charlie's Angel the remake, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nah, she's gay. Featuring Kristen Stewart. Yeah. Featuring Kristen Stewart. That's weird. It's a good film. Yeah. Well, this is a great plug for your show, Bottomless Mimosas. Yeah, you should come to my I don't know show. how to say it. Bottomless Mimosas. Very difficult for me to say. Haas. 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 Great friend of mine, Stephanie Haas. You know her? No, but she should come. She's great. I love great. her. She's a great friend. I, I have a you, friend you've named met Jamie. Stephanie. I've met her several times. I'm very jealous. Why are you jealous of Stephanie? She's, she's your favorite. It's fine. <gasps> she's one of my favorites. She's, she's absolutely one of my favorites. I'm, I'm not jealous. I just said okay. that. You're context. one of my favorites, too. I am a favorite. Yeah. Here I You're am. You're a top ranker. I'm a you 100%. Rank? I'm like a top 50. Oh, easily. Not even close. Plants are way above me. No, that's not true. <laughs> that's not true. You're in the top 50 for sure. Not Hell even yeah. close. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Do you break the top 10? I don't think so. You probably yeah. break the top 20, though. Oh, wow. I think you do. Damn. Yeah, you okay, probably top do. 20, go. You can still delete this from the <laughs> internet. Let's oh, go. I know that. Uh, <laughs> kid, wife, and then 18 others. Okay, yeah. yeah. Kinda, They're yeah. all interchangeable. Though. Are got cats it, yeah. in there? No. Uh, Not cats. People. This is a people only list. Okay, okay, okay. People Magazine, people Espanol. Mm-hmm. Just the more stuff. Mm-hmm. Who's your number one person? Number one person? Yeah. This is not a trick question, but now it feels like it. Feels like a trap. <laughs> I don't know. Is it Brie Larson? Uh, no. I was trying to give you a goddamn out. Now you have to be sincere. Who's your number one? Go. Oh, man. Number one person? Um... Taylor Swift, you did it. Congratulations. No, it's, Kate it's, Kate it's, it's Kate McKinnon. It's Kate McKinnon. It's Kate McKinnon. Now, if we're talking about number one people in my life, it's my husband. Hey. 
No, do you, no, no, that's clearly what I meant, because my list was the kid and my wife, and you went with Kate McKinnon. Do you think Kate McKinnon was the funniest or the almost funniest is when she sang a sincere song after Hillary Clinton lost the 2016 If you election? don't think that I had downloaded that to my phone and watched it on repeat and cried for a week. And that's why Donald Trump will get reelected. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for Kate Flaherty, everybody. It's Kate! Me. Oh, my God. Thank you guys. It's been an honor. Coming to the stage is a man who also downloaded Kate McKinnon singing Hallelujah Sincerely on Saturday Night Live, a comedy program the day after the tw- sorry the Saturday after the 2016 election. It's Haywood Turnipsy Jr. Haywood, come to the stage, please. We're going to talk about his favorite Kate McKinnon bits from Saturday Night Live. Mostly is when she uh, was uh, Hillary Clinton and then pretended that didn't happen for a lot of years. Uh, I don't know if you guys know this. She lost. And by she lost, I mean that everything was rigged against her. But either way, she should know that going in. That's how fucking wrestling works. Haywood, how are you? Hey, Kate McKinnon, what's happening? Thank you. <laughs> You get it. Hallelujah. That was pretty deep. She was a Ghostbusters too, right? That's the one we're talking There's about. There's a very solid argument to be made that if Ghostbusters is not remade, Donald Trump is not the president. <laughs> okay. I'm fucking right. I'm fucking right. Okay. I'm fucking with the, right. With the, the, the reboot with the ladies? Yeah. I liked it. No, no. You liked it. it had Thor in it and shit. And I liked it. <laughs> it was pretty good. Do you know a lot of people that didn't like it? White people man. that are from the state that lady is from. Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, to be fair, to be fair, they like uh, cows doing Civil War reenactment on, on the side of a mountain. That's pretty cool. And lasers. Black and white cows. <laughs> of course. Fighting over bullshit. Ha! That was okay. Thanks for making it uh, funny. <laughs> we do a segment called Colored Commentary because race relations make people feel comfortable. We've already had race relations. I mean, <laughs> you guys have related to race the whole show. If I was that white guy in the back, I would be like, "What am I doing wrong? Hey, how you doing, blonde haired white guy? You, how you doing with your Nordic self? I like you." <laughs> Oh my God, I've never felt bad for white people until today. <laughs> then I was like, ooh, to be a white man, it's gotta be rough these days, because people, you guys are hard on each other. <laughs> it's pretty great. It is, I love it. It's just I like watching- change. It's like watching Superman versus Batman all over again. <laughs> <laughs> over and over and over again. Critics hate it, but the box office loves hey, it. Hey man, give me Ben Affleck versus Henry Cavill any day. What are your thoughts on Robert Pattinson being the new Batman? I don't care, man. It's That's a lie, and you know it. Batman is the fucking Dark Knight. Why oh, you is don't it, like DC Why stuff, is it West? No, I love DC. They have the classic characters. I don't like their movies. I love their uh, comic okay. books. And Crisis is pretty good. I'm about to be watching uh, the Crisis on, you know, Infinite Crisis coming up. But I say that to say, um, uh, anyway, make my Marvel Excelsior. They, they, make, they, they, they do pretty good. Do you have Disney Plus now? Of course. I got a Verizon phone. Do you, do you, have you watched The Mandalorian? Yes. Is it great? Yes. Are it's you, fucking Western, man. It's awesome. Are you looking forward to the Captain America series? No, that's going to be uh, Fal- Captain. It's going to be uh, yeah, he's Falcon right. and Winter Soldier. They yeah, but Falcon is Captain, I thought. But they're not going to call him Captain America. White people won't have that on that's Disney. That's right. Not, let's, come on. Let's, not, let's, be, let's be real. Yeah. <laughs> a black man who's Captain America? Get the fuck out of here. You know what they call him? The Black Panther. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Waka waka Wakanda. <laughs> what why, are, do get, why do people get upset? We should be talking about white people in the comic books, but. Let's do it. Because they, they mad right now. Who, who is it? It's uh, Watchmen is out right now. Yeah. I, I don't know if you guys are watching 
All right, let's get right into it. Color commentary, right? So we're watching. Uh, are you guys? Are you watching The Watchmen? I'm afraid to. Oh, don't be. It is pretty good. They go into. There are things that happen in America that Americans are not familiar with, right? So there was this uh, little incident in um, Oklahoma that they reenact in The Watchmen right in the very beginning episode, and it was when there was a, a town in, in uh, Oklahoma right outside of Tulsa. I believe it was called Greenpoint. Um, it was destroyed by white people. Like, literally, bombs were dropped. They flew planes over. This is, like, in the early 1900s, uh, over... It was called Black Wall Street. Black people had moved to Oklahoma, did their own thing, were doing their own thing. And um, in this show, The Watchmen, it was reenactment, and you have black superheroes, and white fanboys are upset because they're like, you fucking with our superheroes. And I'm like, it's a fucking hero, guy. It's not, even, it's not even real. This is somebody's imagination, and why can't we be in your imagination? And there, right there, is racism. Because... They're like, we don't think of you when we think of things like this. And we're like, that's the point. <laughs> that's the whole point of doing a show like this. So they're doing the show, and it's, uh, uh, they're blackwashing some of the characters. And we say blackwashing it is because, like, you know, history has been whitewashed. Uh, and people are really, really upset. And it's like, why are you so mad at your imagination being fucked with? Like, do you know, we talked about this before in the show. Before the age of eight, TV's pretty multicultural. A lot of different people have shown a lot of different things. Sesame Street. Sesame Street just had its 50-year anniversary, right? Have all these different characters. And then as we get 8, 9, 10, it just becomes wider and wider and wider. It's no secret that, like, the top 10 movies in the world are all American-produced. When Bollywood, like, makes tons of movies. Nigeria makes tons of movies. It's a billion-dollar industry. How come these movies aren't actually, like, ever considered number one? Is it because we're not counting the money right? No, we count the money right but we just don't count those as movies. We just don't count those as stories being told. There's so many stories that could be told right now. Like there's a movie coming out about a gentleman named Bass Reeves. You've heard of him before. He, the Lone Ranger is based on Bass Reeves. Bass Reeves is a guy from Oklahoma who was a, a US Marshal and who round up all kind of bounties. He went and was just like, I don't care if you're white, black. He even arrested his own son at one point. Um, and I say that to say, but when we see it on television, it has to be a white man in a black mask with a Native American counterpart who called him Kimosabe, which literally means fool. <laughs> and it's crazy to me how like white people are like, even in a galaxy far, far away, <laughs> you can't be any more than Lando Calrissian. <laughs> you can't be any more, you can't even be the Mandalorian. We can't even see the color of the Mandalorian, but let's see what happens when he takes his helmet off. Uh, that being said. Is he white? No, it's actually played by a guy. I, believe, I don't know what uh, the, the guy who I think he sounds Hispanic. I know the guy who's playing him. I don't know what his actual cultural background is, but he was in Narcos and stuff like that. Uh, so it's, it's, that's one of the things I like about Star Wars is because it included everybody. Even when, like in the first epi episode four, when uh, they walk into the cantina in Moss uh, Eisley and the, uh, they say, "We don't serve those kind. That's slave shit. We don't serve those kind." They're talking about droids, and droids are doing all the work. Over again, so I'm waiting for the droid uprising, which is Star Wars is what it's really supposed to be. But uh, you guys aren't finding that funny as I am. So, <laughs> so you like Solo, is what we're getting at. I love Solo. They had a fucking do the Wookiees and fucking they the Rastafarians and the fucking the whole thing, man. They the fuck cool as shit. They know how to work with technology and wood. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> they do. This they would. In the in, in Star Wars in Star Wars canon, like in the books, in the uh, what, what did he call it? The books, the uh, Star Wars Beyond, those kind of things. The Wookiees were actually they they were uh, enslaved, and they were the ones who built the Death Star because they're the only ones who knew how to actually work with technology and 
and nature at the same time and build something that would be a technology, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A technological uh, destroyer, but would also actually be able to float throughout and be a part of solar systems. Imagine a planet come into our solar system, it would create waves, it would knock everything off. Uh, and the Death Star wasn't supposed to be able to do that, but this is too much nerdy shit that I, <laughs> it is it's too much that I know, I, read, I, read, I, I, study, I study that stuff. Uh, because it's the only place where a black man can be free. <laughs> I mean, it is. Lando Calrissian was the shit, man. I love Billy D. Williams. That motherfucker. Then he came out of gender fluid, and everybody was like, "What?" So I say that to say it's, it's stuff like that. People don't know, like, people don't know about our own culture. We know more about Star Wars. We know more about the Watchmen. We know more about Superman. You know, Superman was made by two Jewish guys. I do. And they were re they really just want they were you know uh, refugees or, uh, or immigrants. Or I don't know what the word is these days from uh, uh, Europe, and they have been, you know, well, World War II, they people have been taken out, and they were like, what if there was somebody who could sa save us? Imagine they had all the powers, and Superman really was Uberman. And now, you know, look at his powers, man. He's a, I have a friend named Rollo Boykins. He has a great joke about it. Superman really is a black guy. He doesn't have a father. His planet was destroyed. Uh, he gets his powers from the sun. <laughs> What are your thoughts about Ian Mackay? Anyways, um, <laughs> his name is Khalil for real, which is Khalil. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everything about him is black, you know, even the fact that he loves white women. So, oh. uh, Allison didn't like that. Ah, you're right, Allison Lane, Lois. Phone off. <laughs> But it's wild how we get upset about shit like that, and we don't know enough about our own culture. Uh, color commentary, what are, we, what are we talking about? We're talking about like history and things like this. I posted something on uh, my Twitter and my Facebook the other day, and I got a lot of responses that I was surprised at. Did, let me ask this question, Statue of Liberty, do you know what it represents? Does anyone know what it represents? You work for the Post, so you can't say. <laughs> Does anyone know what it represents? The Statue of Liberty was actually given to America to represent, to, to, for the free slaves. It's a, it was a gift to America to say, hey, you guys have abolished slavery. Let's, uh, you guys have liberated people. Let's show you how we see people, right? And it was, it's, a, it's, a, it's a monument. It was created out of copper. It's brown. Even at the bottom of, there's a museum right now. Uh, the island is Liberty Island. They're chains broken at the bottom of the Statue of Liberty's feet. But it has never been told to us that this was a gift to America to celebrate the freedom of uh, slaves to, to, to celebrate, to say, hey, you know what? We get that you now want to be a part of the world and the world won't have this anymore. Within France in and of itself, there are 350 uh, uh, various, the other statues of liberty that are pointed this way to say, hey, we unite with this cause, but we don't tell this to children in America. We tell it that, hey, it was there for the people who are coming from Italy and from Ireland and from all these other European countries and as a welcoming beacon. But who was here already, you know? And that's the kind of thing that, that, that pisses me off. People don't know this about, we don't know this about our own culture. We don't know this about like Black Wall Street. We don't even know that, just let's take something like civil rights. We don't even know that Martin Luther King, the actual march was called the March on Washington for Jobs and Justice. It wasn't just about justice. It wasn't just about civil rights. It was about actually being able to get economically sound and things like that. And, and then we start telling people this kind of stuff. This is how you get, let's make America great again. America has the possibility to be one of the greatest dynasties of all time, because it is very accepting. But when we come with this thought process that I'm burdening you just because I look different than you, then you get laser cow shows on the side of a mountain. <laughs> 
that says, hey, this was a war of northern aggression, and they came in to take our state's rights, and they don't want us to just be free. First of all, motherfucker, you was too poor to have a slave. You were. <laughs> you know, I mean, this, you was in the fields with this motherfucker, but you weren't black. Well, this is a great way to end this segment. <laughs> Thank you. That was actually really great. And um, I think you need to apologize now to all the great people of the state of Georgia who have never been wrong about their history and they love their cows. <laughs> Everybody, <laughs> let's do what the cows say and eat more chicken. But even the cows, they eat more chicken. Why do you, you got to take out the chicken? Just say, you know, hey, man, just say enjoy chicken. Don't say eat more chicken. I'm, all I'm saying. You see what I'm saying? saying you see, see how fucking oppressive that shit is? Fucking oppressive. a blessing. All I'm yeah. saying is... Chickens are proof. <laughs> Chickens are representative of black people. They really are. They're birds that can't fly. <laughs> That's how you keep them in cages. Took away their imaginations. I would like to apologize to the great people of Georgia <laughs> who chose to live there knowing their past. Uh, it's super easy to move, but they chose to stay and to not back down. But that red dirt, that red dirt is amazing. I've been to Georgia, and let's be is honest, it? the Popeye's chicken down there is so All much right. different than the Popeye's chicken up here. Mm, and so is the racism. So is the racism. Oh my God, it's so different. <laughs> you ever been to Georgia and they just be like, hey it's boy, very what? Oh my God. So spicy. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> All right, we're going to end this segment as a plug for Solo featuring Donald Glover, who has the uh, wonderful television show called Atlanta. He plays the role of Lando. Yes. Also in that show uh, is uh, uh, Phoebe. Uh, uh, thank you, Phoebe Waller Bridge. I always confuse her with Phoebe Bridgers, who uh, is, has an album with Connor Oberst, mm -hmm. who is oddly not problematic in 2019. But uh, uh, yeah. So the two best television people of 2018 and 2019 were in a, a Star Wars movie together, and that's really yeah. what this show is about. It's really? giving, it's it's highlighting things yes. on Disney Plus, a streaming <laughs> platform. Haywood, uh, thank you so much. Attack of the Comics is your show every Friday at the Draft House Comedy Theater. We will be. Uh, if you guys are listening, well, you got. Hey, come to come by show. It's a late night show, and we'll be taking it on the road in 2020. Uh, it's time to make some money. Thank you. <laughs> hey, Jay, put your hands together for Haywood Terminator Jr. Coming to the stage is Andrew Bucket, uh, probably my favorite Georgian performer in this great, great land of ours. I've been to Georgia once. I had a great time, and I think I had a great time because I, I never left Atlanta. Um, now, I'm not a local, but I think all the locals told me it's hot Atlanta, and they said to say that as often as possible. Say you visited hot Atlanta and say it with confidence and make eye contact with people. I went to Hotlanta. Andrew Stomp, am I right? Andrew Bucket, how are you? Hi, Brandon. Andrew Bucket, I like you quite a bit. I love you too. Man. Oh, good. Uh, I would like to say, Andrew Bucket, you have one of my favorite Instagram feeds. Oh, it's thank you. Very silly. Uh, it very also silly. features <laughs> animals on a consistent basis. That's true. Oh, and that's relevant to what I'm going to do tonight. Is it uh, really? Yeah. Why? Did you see that dog that I posted today? I did. Yeah, I did yeah, see yeah. the dog you posted today. I have, uh, I, I walk dogs. It's one of the jobs that I do. And I, um, I have this client that has an enclosed yard, a very big enclosed yard. Uh, not a lot of people have that. And uh, let the dog run around. It's half, uh, I, we do like a normal, but if I feel like cutting it short and I just sit and watch the dog run around the yard, I'm allowed to do that too. So I let it do that. I filmed it today. It was very nice. And the dog did that thing where they run and then they pause. And then as soon as you move, they like run again, you know? It was good. So, yeah. Good dog content. Now, for the people listening at home, you're currently holding an instrument of sorts. What is the instrument you are holding? Well, so this is a mandolin that I bought in Santiago about 
a month and a half ago. Hell yeah. I got drunk and uh, saw it in a shop window, and I was like, what, do you, what am I else am I going to spend my money on? And How I, much and was it? it uh, well, the conversion rate tricked me. <laughs> drunk, uh, try doing drunk conversion rate. Okay. I think it was about $120. Holy <laughs> shit! So someone sold you a $30 Guitar Center banjo. And he, could, he couldn't believe I was buying it. I felt <laughs> like I got the impression it had been in the window for like 17 years. Like, <laughs> Oh, my God. He was like, really? <laughs> I never uh, had a good anecdote to showcase white privilege, but now I do. So I want to thank you oh, well, for that. That's what it is. That's what this <laughs> okay. is. You're, you're closing that loop. Now, I'm good to, you're gonna, are, you gonna, are you going to play it or are you just going to hold it? Yeah, well, I thought, well, because you asked me to do something musical. I wanted you to do something musical to end the show. So uh, if it's okay with you, number one, please tune it. Uh, number two. That sounds good. Yeah, no, it doesn't. It's uh, Ketis tuning. Okay. Ooh. Now, once again, Ketis does not actually play an instrument. That's true. He does play an instrument on one song, their version of Higher Ground by Stevie Wonder, and I it's in drop D tuning, and they put it in drop D tuning just so he could play along. Well, I. Uh, That's a fact. I, you know, you guys were having a lot of fun with each other <laughs> slamming the keto. I would never. It was a tribute uh, me show. Me and my close personal friend Dave Mallets would disagree with you. Uh, and <laughs> we have talked at length about how Ketis is a great singer. We didn't say he's a bad singer. You literally said that. He's a horrible. You said if you take the vocals he's out. He's a horrible lyricist. Oh, no. I think they're perfect. Bing, bang, bong? Uh-huh. You're it, a racist. It's very body horror. It's about like incongruity. <laughs> Is that the whitest thing you've ever said? I, I, maybe. <laughs> you keep coming back to that. Okay, so I'm going to hold my microphone near your... Well, this is funny because I tried to tell this story on your show um, about seven years ago. I don't know if you're telling a fib. No, it's true. And I was so drunk that you... It was for your holiday album. And I was so drunk and it took 23 minutes. And then you said... Hey, do you want to maybe try and record something else at the show in New York? Uh, in I do weeks? remember this. You literally booked me on a show in New York to replace what I had done. So, but I, I think, remember this. Yeah. So, but uh, it's a Christmas story, kind of. Okay. I mean, it is. It takes place at Christmas, but um, and so I brought this. This will kind of just be the background. Okay. Uh, so it's a story about a man and his cat, and it's true. Um, my grandfather. My grandfather had this cat for uh, 23 years. That's true. Um, I looked it up online. That's, that's not disputable. Uh, cats have lived longer than that, I think. Um, but he got the cat. It, it, it's a, it was an outdoor cat, a, uh, you know, like a feral cat, and uh, didn't come inside. And he, he lived with it. And he was like, an, uh, like a really old school guy. And um, you could like, often find him uh, on the couch with a different amounts of his scrotum hanging out from um, uh, khaki shorts. Uh, and he was a little bit of a local, I'm from Baltimore, and he was a little bit of a, not a local celebrity, but a local character of note in Baltimore because he ran a deck cleaning business and he would have these commercials on TV where he wore a pith helmet and he would say, pick up the phone, give us a call. That was his catchphrase. <laughs> Um, and so he had this cat, and he was a really old school guy, very old, like old Baltimore guy. And um, you know, uh, he w I remember one time him chastising his friend who said he was going to buy firewood. And he said, "You're going to buy firewood," which is to say that you're supposed to go and collect it in the woods by yourself. 
Um, but he had this cat, and so he loved this cat. And uh, he kind of, they had sort of like a mutual, like, rogue, uh, b you know, connection. They were, they were both lived by their own rules or whatever. And um, this is a little bit of a goth kind of story, too, because uh, so it was Christmas Eve, and my brother had just been born, and um, we were all, in, we were living in upstate New York at the time, and so he was alone in the house on Christmas Eve, and we were all supposed to come on Christmas Day. And the cat had been pretty violently ill for like three days. And it, it's an old cat at this point, it's 19 years old. And he was, um, you know, pretty worried, and he's, the cat had never been to a doctor, the cat had never even been inside the house. And so he was like to cage the cat, bring it to a vet, it would all just be completely impossible. And so he's like calling vets to see if somebody will come to the house and do, you know, euthanasia. And uh, no vet will come on Christmas, it's impossible. You can't, it's 8 p.m. on a Christmas Eve, no vet is gonna come to the house to do it. And he kept this air rifle in the pantry. Um, I think, you know, he used it to like, sh he had kept a garden in the backyard and he kept this air rifle that shot, you know, pellets and, and he used it to shoot at squirrels and stuff that were eating his plants. Um, and so he kind of, he loved this cat and this is, and that's very important. And so he kind of got it into his head. He was like, okay, well then as the steward of this cat, it is my duty to help it, you know, reach its final resting place and put it out of its, the cliche goes, put it out of its misery. Um, and so he works himself up and <laughs> he, it takes two hours. He, uh, and he, and he, it kind of paces around, he paces around the house, um, and he, he, he kind of goes up to his room, maybe he reads a, a, a oh, oh, he did tell me. So there's this Robert Frost poem, um, the need of being versed in country things, and the final two You know, we're doing this show in Chicago in like three weeks. Do you want to- Is this what happened last time? Do you want to finish it there? This is important. Okay. So this Robert Frost poem, the need of being versed in country things, the final two lines are, one needed to be versed in country things, not to believe the Phoebe's wept, which is to say that nature doesn't have, um, you know, it, it doesn't grieve the way that we do. Uh, and I think he, he liked that, that things come and they go. And, um, and so he kind of had this feeling of like, well, the, me with my, uh, to be human is to know that. And so you kind of travel both. And, and so he was like, well then, I will help this cat go on to, you know, its final place. That, so that said, he pumps up the rifle, I think he said something like 150 times to make sure that there was enough air pressure that it would be a fatal blow, you know, to the cat. And, you know, the cat's very sick. It's not running away. It's kind of just sitting in, in Oh, and the cat was doing this thing. Cats do this thing where they circle, they circle a house or like wherever they are, they, run, they walk in circles until it's a, they're trying to pick their place to die. And he's, that's how he knew. He was like, okay, well, let me just usher it off. And so then he pumps the air rifle up 150 times and he finally works up the courage and he goes up to the cat and he puts the you know, point of the barrel up to the back of the cat's head at the brainstem where he knows that it's gonna like, you know, take it out. And 
and he you know, closes his eyes, he takes a deep breath, he says goodbye, he pulls the trigger and it goes poof. And then the cat just looks up at him and goes Wow. Because he didn't know that me and my brother had been playing with the air rifle and there was nothing in it. <laughs> Amidst all of his poetry and all of his uh, you know, philosophical kind of pondering, he didn't check the, you know, the chamber. So there was nothing in it. And at that point, it had taken him so long and so much like uh, existential you know, stuff to get there, he couldn't bring himself to do it again. And he said, well, okay, we'll just wait it out till Christmas. Then the cat got better and lived another three years. <laughs> and he spent the last year of the cat's life painting an oil painting of the cat, which, by the way, he never named. He just called it Gray Cat. <laughs> so it's a little bit of a Christmas miracle. <laughs> but also, you know, maybe something about how maybe it's not our job to deal with nature or something like that? Sure. Okay. That's the story that took me 23 minutes uh, at your show seven years ago. Thank you. This is great. And I barely played mandolin. Andrew, I did bring it. It was a good prop for the stage. Andrew, I want to thank you for doing this. Um, Allison, I want to thank you for doing this. Thank you, Brandon Weatherby. Uh, Happy 11 years. We've been doing this... There's some new people in the room. They're great people. Nice to see They're you. Here. I just want all these people in the room to know what we all known all night. The guy behind the bar, his name is Bennett. It's his goddamn birthday. Happy birthday, Ladies and Bennett! gentlemen. Bennett, play. Bennett, do me a favor and play your favorite wrestling theme song, and we're all going to sing happy birthday to Bennett over his favorite wrestling theme song. That's the best. That's how we do that here at the Wonderland Bar, and we say happy birthday to Bennett over maybe the Stone Cold theme, over maybe the Undertaker theme, maybe the Roddy Piper theme. It's not a good theme. Maybe <laughs> maybe over Hulk Hogan's theme. You, please don't fuck Hulk with Hogan. my chairs. These are my chairs. Yeah. You, oh, you, oh, people sit on chairs now? That's crazy. So everyone's going to sing happy birthday to the guy behind the bar. His name is Bennett. He's going to play his favorite. There we go. Is this a wrestling song? Oh, hell yeah. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Bennett. Happy birthday to you. 